Yeah, 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 yeah. What's going on, everybody? Hello, and welcome to episode... Hang on, I'm going to guess it. I'm going to see if I can guess it right. I think I want to say 78. I want to say this is number 78. I'm not sure. That's my guess. I'm checking. I'm ch- I should have checked before, and now you're going to f- find out with you already know, but I don't know yet. So I'm checking, and it is episode 78 of the Brent Pella Show. Hey, man, a lot of fun. This is going to be a Drake-heavy episode. So I hope y'all are ready. Uh, hey, real quick, this episode is brought to you once again by Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. If you guys haven't tried this supplement yet, I highly recommend it. If you if you have trouble sleeping, if you have uh, muscle aches and pains, if you work an active job or you're standing a lot, or if you work out a lot, or if you're just alive, if you're a living human being, I recommend Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. It is my favorite supplement. Um, I take it every day, two caps a day, typically after a workout or um, close to bedtime. Uh, and it helps with, with muscle recovery. It eases inflammation. And um, in doing both of those things can just naturally help your body calm down a little bit. So it helps with sleep in that way. Magnesiumbreakthrough.com slash Brent Pella. And they'll send you a free gift when you buy some. So check it out. Wow. Where was I? I was um, I was just out of town. I do have shows coming up, though, before I get into that. Hey, this week, Sacramento and San Francisco. Bro, Bro, dude, bro, bro, my bros, bros and hoes, dude. Hey, if y'all are in NorCal, come party. Wednesday, Sacramento at Punchline Comedy Club over by Arden. Um, Sunday, Cobbs in San Francisco up in North Beach, uh, the Italian Square. I love that area of San Francisco. It's my favorite spot. Um, come through, come kick it, come hang, come party. These shows that I've been doing are are very, very important because... These clubs only give me one night, and it's usually an off night. It's usually a Wednesday or a Thursday or a Sunday or some shit like that. And, you know, th- that in for what I do, just being completely honest with y'all, well, for what we do as comedians and doing stand-up and touring live, that's the first chance that we get to kind of prove that we can do what we do. You know what I mean? And so it sucks that we have to do it on an off night because on a Wednesday, who the fuck is trying to go – party on a Wednesday. You know what I mean? I mean, hopefully the people that like me are trying to party on a Wednesday because I'm trying to party on a Wednesday, but you know, it's tough to get like 25 people out on a Wednesday and do really well and be like, Hey, maybe I deserve a weekend now, a full weekend in the future. And they'll be like, ah, you only brought 25 and, but it's like, ah, it's a Wednesday. You know what I mean? So it's like a weird, it's a tricky balance between the two, but, uh, ticket sales look pretty cool for, for Wednesday and SAC Sunday and SF. Um, I know San Francisco is really fucking weird right now with all the mandates and everything, but my show is the last show where they will still accept proof of a negative test, I believe within 24 hours. And you should know how to get one of those by now. You know what I mean? Huh? You should know. Okay. How to get proof of a negative test by now. Um, and that's what you need to, to come through or, or with the Vax card, if, if you are juiced up and that's, that's, it's all good, baby. Um, you know, they, they are doing what they got to do to stay open, I guess, with, with mandates and whatnot. And, um, yeah, life goes on. So come through, uh, come to sack, come to the sack show, come to the SF show. After that, I'm in Naples on Wednesday. That's another Wednesday. See, that's a Wednesday, September 22nd. And then I'm in Tempe, Arizona on a Thursday, October 7th. So you see how I'm popping in to these one nighter, they're called one nighters. I got these one nighters coming up and that's uh, kind of the shot to um, show that I can, you know, 
draw a bunch of people to come see a show, have a great time, and then I come back and do the full weekend in the future. So come see a show if you can, all right? Um, I was just in uh, Wisconsin for the weekend. I actually did a full weekend in Wisconsin. Shout out to the Appleton fam out there. Before that, I was in Oklahoma City. So I was in Oklahoma City on Thursday. Dude, Oklahoma City is like, it's like America's armpit. In like a nice way. I mean that in the nicest way. Because you know an armpit is, is muscular. It's tight. It's taut. Right? Um, but it's it's also humid and uh, wet and hot and kind of squeezed in. And I, that's what Oklahoma City felt like. Um, but I, I really enjoyed it. But if, that's Oklahoma, if, that, if Oklahoma is the armpit, then Florida is the dick of America. Florida is for sure America's dick. Okay? It's just kind of hanging there, flaccid, you know, and very wet. Very wet and humid, um, and a lot of things, a lot of diseases in Florida that people don't know about. And then, of course, California is America's vagina. Um, and so that's fine, and it's great, and we love all, we love and, and adore all sexual organs here on the Brent Pella Show. Uh, Oklahoma was cool. Appleton, Wisconsin, man. Dude, yo, people in Wisconsin, you're too nice. They're too nice. People in Wisconsin are so nice, it, it stressed me out. It honestly made me... Like it gave me anxiety with how friendly people were in Wisconsin. I'm not used to that. I live in Los Angeles where people are mad at you for being there, you know, kind of like in New York, but in LA, everybody looks down on, on, on each other and thinks they're better than you in Oklahoma in, in Wisconsin. I feel like everybody just wants to, wants to know how your day is going. You know what I mean? Every single person, this is my theory. Every person that talks to a stranger on an airplane is from Wisconsin. That's my new theory. Any Anybody that has ever said hello to you on an airplane is from Wisconsin. For sure. I, I went for a walk in Wisconsin. It was like a 20-minute walk through the, um, like on this bike path trail. I passed maybe five or six people. Every single person greeted me. It was... That doesn't happen. <laughs> like, like in LA, that doesn't happen. Maybe in my hometown up in Davis, you know, I get some smiles and nods. But I'm talking like greeted. Like I was entering a Walmart, bro. That's what I felt like walking around Wisconsin is like entering a Walmart. Because you get that positive, hey, how are you, energy. That's everywhere, in Wisconsin, everywhere you walk in Wisconsin is like a Walmart entrance. Every person, first person was like, hi. I said, hey, hey. How are you? Hi. Hello. How you doing? Hey. Hey there. Hi. And then the last person was walking toward me and I was walking uh, past them and, and they said, Hey, and I said, hello. And they said, how are you? And I said, good. You? And they said, Oh, great. Great. That dude, that's a full conversation. That's a full conversation. I know that person better than I know my dad, <laughs> you know? <laughs> Oh man, obviously joking. Love you, dad. But hey, I know that guy in Wisconsin now just as well. You know what I mean? That guy's a family member now. That guy's a total member of my family. And they make eye contact with you from like 30 feet away. Dude, I was in an Uber in Wisconsin and we were pulling up to my hotel and the guy lets me out. I, I open the door and I get out of the car and, and uh, he says, see ya. And I said, bye. Thank you. And he goes, happy Saturday. And I said, you too. And as I was closing the door, he snuck another one in there. Snuck another one in. The door was almost shut. 
And the guy goes, oh, have a great weekend. And I was like, oh, fuck you. I didn't know what to say. It was so much like pleasantry and niceness. I feel like I needed to like throw in a uh, some type of slur just to balance things out. You know what I mean? There was so much, so much nicety and pleasantry and positivity between strangers. I feel like I needed to include a racial epithet just to balance the scale. <laughs> I think, you know what? If more people spent a weekend in Wisconsin, I feel like this country would be more united. That's that's my theory. That's my theory, dude. It was fun. It was a good time. And then while I was in Wisconsin, of course, um, Drake dropped Certified Lover Boy. Hey, you know, we already knew I was Certified Lover Brent, and now we know that Drake is Certified Lover Boy. Um, I don't know if y'all listen to Drake, but if you like me, then you might listen to Drake because I love Drake. And I know a lot of people hate Drake, but also a lot of people hate anybody that's at the very top of whatever they do. Nobody, I can't think of a single person who's made it to the top of their industry or the top of their game that is beloved by everybody. I feel like everybody, once you get to that level, is absolutely polarizing. Unless you're like a, like one of those like character-y people that's just like a character now. You know what I mean? Like a... Um, like, uh, what's that dude's name? Uh, Paul Giamatti. Nobody hates Paul Giamatti, you know? I Granted, he's not, he's not Drake-level famous, but everybody loves Paul Giamatti. But again, if, he, if he's not... Like Leo, I've met people that despise Leonardo DiCaprio, and I can't figure that out because I could watch Leonardo DiCaprio eat a bowl of cereal for four hours and be entertained. Um, Drake, on the other hand, this is the reason why I... I am such a massive, massive Drake fan. In high school, when I was in high school, he was first starting to pop off, like real hard pop off. I'm talking like hotnewhiphop.com. If y'all remember that, LimeWire, okay? I, I downloaded all this stuff on LimeWire and I dropped that line into the recent Drake video that I put out on my YouTube. Um, so we were listening, we were like finding all of his stuff. Uh, we, we had So Far Gone, that mixtape, um, the other one, I forget what it was called. And then his first album, Thank Me thank me Later. Uh, so we were on top of all that stuff. Me and my friends were on top of all that stuff right in high school. And then in college, when he first popped, he came to UC Santa Barbara, which is where I was my junior and senior year of high school, Go Gauchos. And he did, he performed at um, this music, uh, this music, fe- this one day festival. God, what's it called? Ooh. I got to I got to find the name of it because it's it actually has a cool name. It's some type of Palooza. Let me see. UCSB uh Music Festival. What would that show me? The no, UCSB Why isn't it just right there? It's some type of Extravaganza. That's what it is. It's called Extravaganza. And he came and he performed at Extravaganza off of his first album. He was performing tracks from his first album, right? So now this is 20-year-old Brent. Granted, I'm 17 right now, but just pretend I was 20 for the sake of the story. 20-year-old Brent saw Drake at UC Santa Barbara performing his first album with also with tracks from his mixtape. So I was I was so stoked, right? And keep in mind, that's what I'm doing now. I'm currently headlining at colleges and college shows around the country the way Drake was uh, back then. Fast forward 10 years later. Uh, last year I went to go see Drake at, uh, 
Staples Center in 2019 with my sister. And this is t- a 10-year difference. So in the span of 10 years, I saw this dude go from a small music concert at a college to selling out Staples Center two nights in a row. And then he went to play the Forum in LA for two nights in a row. So, and and in the 10 year stretch in between, I you know, every album that came out, I listened to, and so I, you know, I got, I got my top albums of his, just like any other Drake fan does. But just the, the, the fact that I caught his music early and I really liked it. And it was, it was part of what brought me and my friend group together to seeing him at, um, uh, Staples Center in LA. Wild. Dude, that's wild, dude. That's a full career. That's like watching, you know, Kobe get drafted and then become a Hall of Famer and retire. Or Jordan and watching his whole career. So it's pretty cool. It was pretty cool. Um, even though, you know, Drake does make music for uh, 20-something white dudes who wear flip-flops and play beer pong while they think about their ex, that's cool too, okay? That is me. I'm kind of that guy also. Um but I, I, I really, I, I'm a big Drake fan. So you don't have to be, and that's totally okay. Now, when it comes to the Donda stuff with Kanye, see, I'm a big rap fan too. So whenever there's some beef going on, I pay attention to it, especially if it's two of my favorite people. And Kanye is also one of my favorite uh, musicians. And the beef is really weird because... It's just weird. Also, Kanye is like making church music now. Not a huge fan of the Donda. Not a huge fan of the new Kanye Donda Donda Donda. Not a huge fan. It's it's. I don't know. Um, I don't speak the language of the Lord. You know, I don't. I don't. I don't. I'm not a God fearing man, as many people might say that they are, and that's totally fine. Uh, I am a Brent fearing man. Okay, I'm a certified lover Brent fearing man. Uh, Donda was cool. The production is great, but just, it's not, I listened to it all. There's maybe one song I'll listen to again, the song with the weekend, but it's just not. And it's, eh, I don't know. And the beef is weird. Rap, rap beef is weird. Cause it's like, dude, you're both, what are you going to, you're just going to be like mad at each other. It's got, it's all for publicity. Of course it is. And look, I'm talking about it on another platform. And so some people are going to go listen and watch and it's going to drive the sales and everything. So it's totally working, but, um, it's just weird. Rap, rap beef is weird. Comedy beef is weird too. I've, I've known some comedians that have had beef before and that doesn't really make sense because we're just clowns at the end of the day. Um, I thought my, my favorite line on, on Drake's new album was when he admitted to being a lesbian. He, <laughs> he said, girl, if you a lesbian to me, me too, or something like that, you say you a lesbian, well, girl, me too, something like that. <laughs> I was like, yeah, dude, of course you are. If there's anybody that's a lesbian, it's Drake. Drake has the biggest, like, lesbian energy um, of anybody. Take that for however you want, I guess. Um, but, yeah, man, I, I, I dug the album. It was a cool It was a cool album. And it's a throwback. It's it, A lot of what he did on the album is uh, uh, it goes back to those first albums he did, which is cool, the the drum patterns and the uh, instruments and the some of the melodies and the, just the delivery and lyrically it's it feels very much like 2008 to 2012 drake which is cool for this 20 something white guy who who thinks about his ex while wearing flip-flops um man we got i got some fun videos coming up dude holy shit do we have some fun ones coming up 
you know, I went, I hit a little rut a couple weeks ago and I didn't really know what the end of the summer was going to be like for videos, but behind the camera right here, I'm looking at my whiteboard, which you guys can't see. And, uh, I'm looking at the videos we have coming up and fuck, am I excited? I'm so stoked. We got a special guest in one of them that is, uh, so fun. I don't even want to say anything about it. Um, because I don't want to ruin the surprise, but if you're a basketball fan, then you're going to be stoked. If you're an NBA fan, you're going to be stoked. And if you're an EDM fan, you're also going to be pretty stoked. But if you're a basketball and you're a dubstep fan, you're, you might literally shit your pants when you watch this video. So, uh, very excited for that. Um, a couple other videos coming out in September. September is a weirdly busy month. And then I'm going out to New Jersey for basically the whole month of October to shoot wild and out again for season two. Um, you guys been watching? It's a fun show, dude. I love the show. I always have, and I'm, I'm happy to be a part of it. Um, it would be cool if they posted some of my stuff on their social media, but we'll wait for that day to come. Uh, cause I had some good jokes, dude. I'll post some clips on mine. I'm going to post some wild and out clips on my Instagram soon. Um, and it's on VH1 Tuesdays and Wednesdays. I've been on a couple of episodes so far. I think I'm on like 13 out of the 27. Definitely check out the ones with NLE Chapa. He's a rapper. The one with him, uh, I'm in a bunch and the one with Gary Owen. I'm in that one a bunch too. Those are, those were both the celebrity guests for those episodes. Um, and yeah, dude, been, been going to these festivals with my buddy at Blake Weber on Instagram, who's also hilarious. We love Blake Weber. Uh, his real name is Aristotle. He's been on the podcast too. If you, if you go back, go to my main YouTube page and scroll down to back when I had the podcast on that page only, and you'll find the uh, episode with him. Um, and he is very involved in the EDM world, the DJ scene, and he works with the, the folks at Insomniac events a lot. So we've been going to these festivals lately and fuck, do I want to be a DJ? Oh my God, dude. Oh my God. I, I want to be a DJ so bad. If somebody, if somebody said, Hey dude, it, would you rather be the world's biggest comedian or the world's biggest DJ and have that be your career? Wow. That is a hard choice. I love, <laughs> I love making people laugh, but dude, DJ DJs are so cool. And the effort to payoff ratio is unbelievable. The effort to payoff ratio for comedy is unbelievably low. Like that you got to put in so much effort for such little payoff for a very long time. If you're a DJ and you're good, specifically, you're very talented at producing music. Um, I feel like it's a different effort to payoff thing. And that's with all love and respect to all my DJ homies. Cause I got a bunch of friends that are DJs, but there's something. And there, there's also something about just kind of like throw, like when you're a DJ, you're just throwing a party, you know, you're basically just hosting a party. You're, you're there's, there's an art and a, and a science to the buttons and the knobs that everybody makes fun of DJs for doing. And, but there's a, there's an actual process there going on. And I, I understand that. And I get that, especially if you're producing music or you're playing live or whatever. But at the end of the day, dude, you, you play a, you play a song and then you just kind of jump up and down for two straight minutes before you dip it into the next one and doing some funny shit for like 30 seconds with the drums or just sirens or whatever. And then you're jumping up and down for another minute. 
And that just looks so fun and like such a great way to burn calories. And, um, I would love to do it. I'm taking some of what I've been seeing these DJs do and I'm putting it into my live show. I'm getting a lot of influence lately from watching these DJs play live specifically with their, they have a, a projector with, or like digital screens with, with, uh, visuals and graphics and, uh, visual effects and lighting going on. So I'm doing that. So if you're coming to the shows in Sacramento or San Francisco, you're going to get a heavy dose of my new, um, DJ inspired live show. Uh, only bits and pieces. Cause, cause what I'm doing now is I'm dipping in and out of stand up and characters and, um, other fun media bits, but I would love to have fire at my show and smoke cannons and shit. I want that. I want, as soon as I walk out on stage, I want smoke cannons going off, you know? And I, and I want to, I want, I want to, I want fire, dude. I want some fucking fire at my show. DJs get all the fire. What? There's no fire for dick jokes. Come on. I want to tell a joke and be like, and that's when she said, that can't be your dick. It's too weird. <sighs> fire. That's not actually a punchline to one of my jokes, by the way. But I'm, I think it's funny enough to try and make it one. You know, you know, what else, man? What else been going on? The music festivals are fun. Um, transformational festivals are kind of my jam much more than, uh, the, the, uh, more trendy, uh, like commercially pop festivals. Transformational festivals have a funny name. They're called transformational because you go and, and the goal is for you to transform into a higher level of consciousness. You know what I mean? Uh, so I, I go to a lot of these festivals called like, I just went to totality, right? Um, envision is in February. Uh, there's a couple other ones called like, I don't know. We have a video coming out about this too, but they're all called like Ascension rising or like harmony, harmony, unleash harmony or something like that. Consciousness of one conscious mystic, conscious mystic, sacred gateway or like consciousness portal of infinite, of infinite gatherings or, you know, <laughs> and it's, uh, they're fun. They're really fun. I love them. Um, I, I, I also enjoy making fun of them, uh, because I think everything should be made fun of a little bit. keeps us grounded. Uh, but they're great, dude. I love those because the ethos is much better than like a, a pop commercial EDM kind of grungy festival. And when I say ethos, I mean, you go to something like hard summer and you're just walking on litter and everybody's really fucked up and just getting wasted and pounding drinks and taking dirty drugs. And, and that's cool. Have fun, have fun, be safe, have fun. Right. It's all good. But you go to one of these desert hippie festivals and it's much more, uh, there's like a consciousness ethos. So everything is, you know, recycled. They have compost. You're not supposed to, um, throw anything away unless you throw it away in your own trash and then take your trash with you, with you when you leave to leave no trace campsites. Um, you know, they have, uh, they have, um, workshops like med meditation workshops, yoga workshops, uh, workshops with guest speakers speaking about things like wellness or relationships or so some of them get a little wacky. There was this guy doing <laughs> oh shit, dude. All right. There's, <laughs> there's a guy doing a workshop at uh, totality about, I think Bitcoin and like DeFi and the future of finance or something like that. And I popped in just to listen to what he was saying and man, I couldn't have written a funnier script than what this guy was doing. He was a total character. He was going on about how uh, Bill Gates is the root of all evil. Now, again, hey, 
I am not a fan of Bill Gates. I'm just saying this this guy was a character, okay? And But at the, the workshop was, he was going on about how Bill Gates is the root of all evil and so is money and capitalism is, is bad and we should all be investing in Bitcoin to become more sovereign and in touch with our own souls and, and, and the alchemy of money is da-da-da-da-da. <laughs> and it was just a lot. And I almost, I started like chuckling to myself, so I had to leave. Um, but anyways, I, I suggest going to some of those and, and doing a bunch of mushrooms. Guys, I think that's I think that's the way. I think everybody should go to a music festival in the desert and do mushrooms, um, and then yeah, go to go to uh, EDM raves and you know just kind of dance around and have fun too, and look at all the fire because there's a lot of fire, but maybe don't do the drugs there because they're a bit bad. They're a bit bad. There's a couple of comedians that recently had a bad experience with cocaine. I saw in the news. One unfortunately passed away. Um, I did not know that person, but take that, uh, as a, as a, a lesson, y'all, they'd be stepping on shit with fentanyl. That's what it was. There was fentanyl in the cocaine. It's so bad, dude. Just go, man, fuck dude. It's so sad, but Hey, go do mushrooms. Okay. <laughs> Instead of cocaine. That's what I got to say. What are they saying about James Corden? Um, Oh man, James Corden dancing like a rat, dressed as a rat in the middle of the uh, street. Ah, oh, dude, these late night shows are just really desperate to stay relevant, huh? Fuck, man. Do you think they feel good? Do you think late night talk show hosts feel good that they make trash content? Do you think they feel good do they does that make them feel good or are they on so much painkillers all day that they can't feel feelings and they're just kind of moving and doing whatever they're told you know who has a <laughs> that's so fucked up but hey i late night shows have gone down the shitter in the past couple of years I would love to write for a late night show. Hire me if you, that doesn't make you too offended. But I don't think any late night show would would show sketches that I make. Um, Tim Dillon has a phenomenal rant about late night talk show hosts. I love Jimmy Fallon though. I love Jimmy. Uh, Jimmy Fallon. I, you know what I love about Jimmy is he's always just been trying to make himself laugh. And I really think at the end of the day. If you're a comedian, your first and foremost priority is to make yourself laugh and do things that you think are funny. And if you look at Jimmy's history from when he was a stand-up um, as like a young 20s stand-up to what he's doing now, it's the same thing. He's been doing the same exact thing, right? Whereas somebody like James Corden, I don't think is, I don't know, I don't I actually don't know James Corden's history, but I'll be willing to guess that he was not doing stuff like dressing up as a rat and humping the air in the middle of LA traffic on a weekday um, in his early 20s, right? But Fallon was doing silly impressions in his early 20s and he was singing like um, John Travolta and doing the Beatles parodies uh, on guitar. And so it makes sense he's doing what he's doing. And I love that he's doing what he's doing. It's not for everybody, but um, some of the bits are just so cringy from, from some people in late night. And, and there's just, uh, there's no, I guess, you know what it is, dude, at the end of the day, they do what they need to do to make money. They do what they need to do to sell ad space and they don't want to cross any boundaries. And once you've identified your target demo 
and that target demo, you know, is, is people 25 to 65 with kids, um, that, that, you know, think Joe Biden is the greatest president of all time. That's a great target demo for a lot of these late night comedy shows. Um, that's certainly not my target demo, but I guess you got to make, you got to get in where you fit in, baby. You know what I mean? And you can't hate it. Can't knock it. Got to be something for everybody. There's something for everybody out there. That's what I've really realized as we close this bitch out strong on episode 78. I've really realized there's something out there for everybody. Whether you're a far right psycho, a far left nut job, somebody in the middle, somebody who's apolitical, somebody who is very traditional and conservative in what they like to um, experience entertainment wise, or somebody who's super offensive and loves being offended and offending other people um, and dark, whatever it is, whatever your source of entertainment is or humor or comedy, there's something for everybody and there should be as there should be. That's why people like Josh Denny, that dude, Josh Denny on Twitter that everybody's upset at, um, you know, just don't like him and don't follow him and don't retweet him. If you hate him, the fuck you're only making his voice. You're only perpetuating his voice to become even bigger by doing all those things, by quoting him and, and retweeting him and stuff. Yeah, sure. Maybe you get 50 people that agree with you and hate him, but then you introduce him to like two or three more people. So if your goal is to shut him up, then block him. Right. Um, or anybody, and I just use him cause he, I saw him when I was, uh, on the plane, I was going through Twitter and I, I found his account and started looking at his stuff. He says some offensive shit. And you know what? Some people like to laugh at things that are offensive. What are you going to do? You know, we're all wired differently at the end of the day. You know what I mean? Everybody's wired differently. Um, which is why, like, I know some comics that are too scared to touch politics. They're too scared. Do I think that they're weak for that? A little bit, but do I, <laughs> but, but do I, do I understand because that's just not their style and they don't, maybe they don't even consume political comedy. Yeah, of course. It's totally cool too. Just do, do what makes you happy, bro. There's, there's different, um, what's that thing? Just different strokes. It's different strokes, baby. It's different strokes for different motherfuckers. Huh? How about that for a curse word person who doesn't like when I curse for no reason? Hey guys, I love you so much, man. I'm out of here. I got to go rest my voice. Um, cause I did that Gavin Newsom impression last week and I, it still hasn't came back yet. It's on my YouTube page. Uh, if you're in California, make sure you're registered to vote in this recall. Make sure you're registered to vote in this recall. You understand? <laughs> it's uh, September 14th. I want to say, cause that's a Tuesday. I think that's right, but you can get your mail-in ballot in sooner than that. Um, if you can't go in person or you can't, or just go in person, I don't know how all that shit works. I've never voted, uh, for governor before until now. So go, um, make sure you register to vote. If you're in NorCal, come see me in SAC on September 8th, San Francisco on September 12th, Naples, Florida, September 22nd and Tempe, Arizona, baby. Let's fucking rage. All right. I love you guys so much. Thank you for chilling and hanging and vibing. I love your vibes and I appreciate your vibrations and I'm sending mine right back to you. All right, everybody go have a good week. I'll see you.